I'd love to invite you to this month's topic in my pregnancy care circle. The topic is spirit babies and influence from other realms on pregnancy. The date and time is Sunday, February 4th, 2024 from 4 p.m. to 5 p.m. Eastern time. This is part of my pregnancy care circle. And this very first month is the super exciting and close to my heart topic of spirit babies. I want to share with you. I want to open circle. I want us all to feel what this topic means to us and hopefully come away with some wisdom and understanding that communicating with spirit babies is really in the realm of possibility for all of us. You'll find the link in the show notes below and I hope to see you there. Remember, if you sign up and you don't attend live, or even if you do, we will make sure you get the recording. This recording will not be distributed publicly, so please enroll now, and I'll see you on the 4th. Welcome to Taking Back Birth, a podcast for women who know the truth about birth and those who want to explore the path of radical birth love. I'm your host, Marin Green. Taking Back Birth celebrates the power you have to make decisions in alignment with your own truth. Decisions not subject to anyone else's authority. Decisions that create experiences that will change your life. Taking Back Birth is a production of the IndieBirth Private Contract Association and IndieBirth.org. No material on this podcast should be considered medical advice. Birth is not a medical event. Welcome to the podcast. This week, I include the recording of my dear friend Bridget and myself speaking on her lovely podcast. I thought I'd do a short update first before sharing this really beautiful conversation with you, just because it's been a couple of weeks. Let's see, the biggest thing in the last couple of weeks for me, and I can't wait to share more about this. In fact, I'm planning that perhaps next week's podcast will be about this very thing. And that is beginning the somatic experiencing training. This was last weekend for me, and it was really intense. (laughs) I'll share in the podcast why and how and some of the things we learned, and mostly just how relatable it was for me when I compared it to birth work and being in birth work. So much amazing wisdom that was shared with me, met so many fantastic people from all over the world, really. And I'm just so excited to have this appear in my life. Uh, Many of you know, and I'll probably share again, that somatic experiencing really came into my life not very long ago. Um, I had known about it for quite some time, but when you're ready, the teacher appears, as the saying goes. And I really wasn't desperate enough. That's the honest truth. I wasn't ready to really feel my body and to learn what that all means. And I'm still learning. But it was a birth experience, as many know, about eight or nine months ago, that so gratefully, right? So what a gift, what a gift of a really difficult experience to have been propelled into something that feels so exciting, feels like a new path, feels like a new line of wisdom being shared with me 
that then I get to pass on. And hopefully uh, a lot of that in the future in podcasts and teachings and even sessions that I'm sure I will do. So stay tuned maybe next week for this podcast on my experience with somatic experiencing. But this week, I wanted to share again my podcast with my friend Bridget. I have been on, I've lost count, probably 50 or maybe more, I don't know, 50 podcasts of other folks uh, in different worlds sometimes, and sometimes the birth world. And while virtually all of those experiences and interviews have been fun or valuable, I don't usually share them as an episode on my podcast because many of them just don't feel like they're new enough in a sense for those of you listening. Those of you listening, you've been listening for maybe 10 years, right? Can you believe that? Maybe some of you are new even, you've only been listening a year or two. But even with that, my sense is that you know me, you're getting to know me. And so some of the interviews I do are purposely really basic. I really want to teach about birth. I want to share about indie birth on roads, on avenues that might not know about our work. So I don't usually share those all with you. This, however, felt really different for a couple of reasons. First, I've mentioned that Bridget is my friend and she has uh, been in my life for, maybe we were trying to recount this on the podcast, I can't remember, uh, for quite some time through many of my children coming Earthside. And she has always been just a really lovely sister support uh, with food that comes to mind. And specifically with my oldest daughter, Amelia, who um, bonded with Bridget at at a very young age and has kept up that friendship. So really, Bridget feels like family in a lot of ways to me. And I just love her energy. I love the frequency of knowledge and inspiration and excitement that she brings to her own podcast. Her podcast is awesome. And I don't say that about a lot of podcasts. So I was just really, really honored. I was really honored to be asked. Uh, I was really honored to speak. And I just feel like she brought out the best. She brought out the best in me. She brought out the best in this sacred conversation around birth. Take a listen, see what you think. Check out the notes for more information on going to listen to more of Bridget and her amazing podcast. Enjoy it, and I'll check back next week. Have a great and wonderful and beautiful week ahead. Hello, everyone. I'm so excited to have my dear friend Marin with me today. Thanks so much for being here, Marin. Yes, I can't wait to talk with you. Yeah. And today we're going to be talking about the power of birth, uh, the initiation of the human soul and the divine feminine. Every person on the planet, aside from maybe some weird experiments in China, incarnated into this world through a woman giving birth. It is one of the most significant initiations as a human, maybe next to death. And yet it isn't often discussed outside the circles of mothers and birth experiences are still often hidden away in hospitals. And the creation and birth of babies, in my opinion, is the most mystical and magical act of 
creation on earth. So it only makes sense uh, to me that there would be wisdom, nourishment, profound insight that can be gained by gazing into this deep spiritual process and portal. And I feel it's critical for humanity at this time to stay connected, curious, and supportive of this process. Whether you are male or female, however old or young, no matter if you choose to have children or not, we all came through this gate. And so for you personally and for us collectively, it is a worthy exploration. It's also important to note that your birth experience has a significant impact on your life. I have other videos on this. So hearing and tuning into what's possible around birth and positive birth experiences can begin to heal and repattern your own birth trauma if that's something you experienced. So I can think of no better person to guide us through this exploration uh, today than Marin Green. Um, and she's just incredible, uh, wonderful person. And she's been witnessed and supported hundreds of births. She co-founded the midwifery and doula schools, Indie Birth, called Indie Birth. And she's birthed 10 children herself. So she's experienced. Uh, and we became friends uh, early on in my time in Sedona. And I watched her amazing children grow from wondrous, bright-eyed little starseed kids into incredible adults. So I'm honored to have her with us today and humbly uh, venture into this uh, sacred remembrance of birth. So thanks so much, Marin. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And I know it makes me feel so teary to think how we've been a part of each other's lives, you know, especially through children growing up. So my oldest was 21 yesterday and you're one of her mentors. Um, so it's just so cool to see the intersection of so many beautiful things here today. Absolutely. And it wouldn't yeah. have been possible if you didn't have them, <laughs> you know, like for us <laughs> to have these incredible relationships and bonds, it's like, well, we need to keep going. So, um, yeah, yeah, thank you for creating amazing humans. Yes, you're welcome. And I feel honored. Uh, there was definitely a time when I was a younger mom where I thought I had so much more influence in a sense in them. But now that they're growing, I see that I've just been the portal in a lot of ways, right? That they're they're here doing their magic and I just want to support it. So can't wait to see how this all weaves together today. Absolutely. Well, uh, let's get started on the beginning. So we're going to kind of go into the macro of birth, as you kind of heard through the introduction. Uh, but I want to start at the beginning, like an easy entry point um, with you and with birth and talk about how you came into this calling into birth work. How did it begin for you? Hmm. As I said, yesterday was Amelia's 21st birthday. And my first birth with her was very typical, very typical in the Western model. She was born in a hospital. I was induced. So she was kind of forced out of me and she was born healthy, but small and early. And I was just reflecting, of course, yesterday, uh, what a miracle that really was in spite of everything, in spite of everything I didn't know in spite of, you know, interventions that were unnecessary, um, still she came through and still 
that was my initiation. So I didn't know it then, but two years later, her brother would be conceived and born at home. And that's not a better story per se. I think they really are like both sides of the coin because I had her experience and I knew what I wanted more clearly. And specifically, I didn't want my baby to be taken from me. Like that was sort of all I cared about. The bar wasn't super high at that point. And so with him coming in not that long after, that was my main goal. I wanted to be at home and I wanted to remain with my baby. I mean, that's just the way it should be. And so with his birth, I really got launched into becoming a midwife myself. So it was an initiation into home birth. It was an initiation into having a second baby, a son, and also this calling, which I really tried to ignore. Uh, I think back on him being born and, you know, sitting in my rocking chair, nursing him as a, a newborn and having a stack of library books. Well, this was 19 years ago, so I wasn't on the internet, but I had a stack of library books about birth next to my little rocking chair. And I couldn't deny that there was something there for me. Um, So that's where it all began that long ago. But like I said, I think it really began even with Amelia's birth, Um, even with her birth, even though it was in the, the Western medicalized system, I was aware in some far away place in myself that I could do it. Right. So that was important. Um, And I think that came to my, you know, came back to as a child hearing my own birth story. And my mom was very positive in telling her two stories. So even then, there was an undercurrent of um, very subtle power and the fact that I could do it. So it just took some time to manifest in me. And yeah, came out in that first home birth and, you know, has continued on since. I love that. And I'm so happy that you have because you hold a really immense uh, container for birth and not just for yourself, of course, and your family, but for the communities that you live in physically. Like when you left Sedona, it was palpable in the birth fields of the moms there and then for the like greater community. Um, So thank you for that. And that inkling, that empowerment, that knowing that you could do it it feels like that partially involved evolved into indie birth. Can you go into like what indie birth is and how that's different, say, than the Western medicalized system? Mm, definitely. I did have that inkling, but like I said, it took a while to come out and through my own learning. So my son was small. I started learning and reading and I got a midwifery apprenticeship, which is the way home birth midwives learn. So I did go to school as well later, but we learn with another woman. We follow her around. We live her life, right? We go to people's homes. And so I was invited to do that by another midwife when my son was four months old, which was a miracle. And I didn't even know it. I was so naive. I just like walked right into my path. Um, Now I know, you know, coaching students, mentoring students, how difficult it can be to find an apprenticeship, but it just was like handed to me. So that was a five-year process. And there's lots of stories in there about moving here and there, following midwives around, 
uh, the legalities of midwifery, all of this started to come into my awareness. And when I was at the tail end of my apprenticeship about five years later, and at that point we had had a third baby, uh, my daughter Tallulah, Indie Birth became just the creative outlet really for me as a student. So being a midwifery apprentice is like a pretty hard gig. It's pretty great, but it's also really rough. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you don't, you don't get paid, right? Like you're doing all these midwifey things, your family is waiting for you a lot at home. And so I created this online magazine called Indie Birth. And I remember sitting at a coffee shop before I named it, like deliberating over the name, right? Like, what does this mean to me? And who am I? And it was so weird to look back because I kind of didn't know the answers to these things at all. But yet, indie, right, means kind of outside of the norm or independent or wild and free. And we had um, a definition that came in more succinctly later, which basically is choices around the birth experience that are made in alignment with your own individual truth, autonomous and free. So that formal definition came later, but at the inception of this name, indie, um, that's what it was for me. So it is crazy that like, that's, you know, 18 years later now or something that I still think that feels true. I still think mm -hmm. that's what we're doing. Um, it's not about actually, and we can get into it more, you know, it's not actually about home birth at all costs or, you know, free birth is the new thing. It's about the internal process. And I'm just like laughing at that now because that's everything. And I know that as a wiser, older woman, like that's everything. Everything is us on the inside. So how did I know that 19 years ago somewhere? I don't even know. Yeah. Um, but that's how it started. And then a couple of years later, once I became a midwife myself, it moved online, right? Online stuff started to become a thing. Uh, we were sharing mainly birth stories. And then about 10 years ago, Margo, who's my like business partner and a, a midwife herself, we started putting online classes online for any birth. So childbirth ed. And then in the last 10 years, that's just really grown to be a global community of women, pregnant women who want to learn. We've done a lot of that. And uh, more recently, the last seven years or so, we've gotten into educating other midwives in this model. So outside of not just the Western model of medicine, but actually there is a Western model of midwifery and, and, you know, kind of going outside of that, outside of that box and educating doulas and midwives to serve women in a free way uh, outside of the government, outside of restriction. And that's kind of where we are right now, just continuing on that path. That's awesome. I feel like there's a lot of Re some of the reason why there's all these restrictions there's lots of different reasons but one of the reasons is because of the fear right like it's such an unknown space birth and so like putting these constraints around it i think in part is because of that and i know that at least for me when i was in my early uh 20s and we met um i realized because i was in proximity to you and like you doing this work i'm like i'm actually a little terrified of the concept of giving birth and I was like I want to work through this now so that I don't have to mm -hmm. you know when I have kids and so I went through your 
I don't know what it would be now, but your beginning midwifery uh, course. And by the time I got to the end of it, I like all the fear had gone away and I just like felt completely empowered. And that was really awesome and liberating. (laughs) And I'm so grateful for that. (laughs) And I just didn't know. And I think like for people listening, you know, like I even talked to my partner or different people that aren't versed with birth and they're just kind of like, ah, like there's like a a freeze and contraction because it's just so unknown. Um, And I think there's fear about, you know, the repercussions because it's such a profound thing. It's life and death. It's it's Mm. huge that there is a lot of um, maybe contraction in that area. Um, But one of the things that really just made me feel so empowered as a woman and empowered in uh, the creation process and the intelligence of it is the intelligence of the woman and the woman's body and the intelligence of the of the baby and the child in that. And I think, can you talk to that? Because I think for people that don't know, it's like, oh, really? Like, so that that would be interesting to bring into this to kind of start to like settle that fear so that we can go deeper in. Hmm. There's so many ways to talk about it. And I think this element of trust, which I hear you bringing in has so many parts. So it's so easy in a way, right. For me to like find that and, and encourage people. Um, I think speaking to the fear just briefly though. Yeah. Like you said, there's so many reasons, historical, political, ancestral, I think women are waking up, like you're saying, to that, though, and recognizing that the fear is the surface level, and it's because we've been disconnected from what we really know. And so I feel like that's my main job as sort of a spiritual midwife in this world, um, is to help women reconnect with that. So their own internal senses, their own internal memories, their own knowing that the process of birth can be difficult. It can be long, it can be hard, but they know how to do it. So whether you see that as like, you know, you've done this already in past lives, that's a very real thing to me, as I know it is to you, it's accessing maybe that wisdom or the wisdom of our grandmothers, whatever it is. Um, And through the work of indie birth, you know, we've learned how to communicate this, I think in really helpful ways one way we love to talk about it is just this marriage really of the science and the sacred that we can't have one without the other. And I think that's something that really sets us apart actually in our midwifery school, because there's a lot of science out there, even amongst midwives. And then there's a lot of like super woo, like no, no amount of grounded knowledge, just like babies come out, like cross your fingers and knit in the corner and and the baby will always come out. I'm wise enough to know that that's mostly true, but not always true because birth is a force of nature, right? Just like the changing weather outside. So I have respect for her, but, you know, I don't completely believe or, you know, even think that it should always be what we want it to be all the time. Sometimes, you know, it's not that way. So marrying the science and the sacred means that we teach about the hormones of birth. That's a really important part. And it can combat the fear in a major way, not just for women, but I've seen it in male partners as well, who, you know, stereotypically function in a more 
uh, intellectual manner, mm -hmm. perhaps, right? So learning about the hormones that there is actually a way physiologically that our mammal bodies are set up to do this. We're not that different than a cow or a cat or a dog giving birth. We're really not. We need certain things to feel safe. Mm -hmm. And so I love teaching that, you know, we have a free workshop um, that we do all of the time in our, in our locations. Uh, and that's brought me so much joy. And I think has really shifted communities because it's again, not this dogmatic, like, oh, home birth is better because it's natural. Um, or, you know, I hate doctors. So this is why we do it this way. Uh, no, it's actually because our bodies work well in a certain way. And if we respect that, um, we could be anywhere giving birth, you know, mm -hmm. we could be anywhere. So the science is really helpful in people relieving some of that fear. And then again, the spiritual and everybody's different, you know, in their beliefs, but, um, you know, especially now really, really connecting with these souls that are coming in. So maybe people out there have one in their body. Uh, but you know, even if we don't, I know that you're really really good at that too, that there is a new consciousness being born, you know, we're part of it and, and the star seeds that are coming in know what they want. So, you know, I think we need both of those things. And I wish, I wish in a way at times that maybe our culture was different, right? That women didn't need so much intellectual information because certainly in other parts of the globe, women don't know anything. They don't right. need to know anything. Like they've seen it and they remember, but for our remembering because of our culture, again, we have to kind of marry these two things. And for each woman, it's going to be different. Uh, there's women that need just like a whole lot more information and science and numbers. Right. And then there's women that are like, Oh, if I really can just feel my body, if I really can connect to this baby, um, that's all I need. And I, mm -hmm. and I can listen and follow that. And I respect, you know, I respect both sides and I love working with women and seeing how they personally weave that together for themselves, uh, yeah. to feel powerful, you know, because that's what it's about. There isn't a right way outside of that. Right. The, the third element that I don't think I've ever really tuned in too much, too much. Cause I'm like, okay, like the mom knows, you know, intrinsically the woman, knows what to do to a certain degree and the baby knows and there's this like dance between them but then i really felt that third party element which tell me correct me if i'm wrong seems like it's historically been there for so long like that there's been a third party like another woman or a midwife or a grandmother or the mom like standing on the outside like almost being this other voice of listening for the dynamic because the mom in the process is like in such an altered space that there's there's more needed and so like i can hear at times um that extra support that is an element possibly to human birth as well yeah i love that you brought that up especially in today's world where again this notion of like doing it all yourself is certainly a thing yeah. Um, and you know, that's called free birth. I've had free births myself, so I'm not pro anything necessarily. I'm not anti anything. I'm all about the woman listening to herself, you know, yeah. not, not the coolest thing around her. Um, so, you know, the problem I have with that movement, at least currently is that it doesn't include 
the wisdom of a knowledgeable wisdom keeper, which is mm-hmm. what I consider a midwife to be in the role that I, I serve and, you know, in the way that I see it, not every midwife feels that that is her role. Right. But as time has gone on, um, I'm definitely, I feel more of a spiritual guide than I do a clinician, right? I very rarely approach birth that way, uh, unless absolutely needed. So it's tricky because it's not a matter of ego needing to be there. And I think there's a lot of that in the world in general and a lot of confusion in the birth space again, where it's like, oh, I don't need anyone like, and, uh, women have been so traumatized individually and collectively by birth experiences, or maybe past sexual experiences, medical experiences, whatever, that the trauma has led a lot of women to say that, right? Like, I don't need anybody. And the reality is they don't trust anybody and that's okay. (laughs) But I don't think that's being spoken about really transparently. They don't trust anybody. So we can put that over there for a minute, but the role of a midwife typically, um, again, is a wisdom keeper. It is an archetype. It's not about the ego place of this midwife being there to save the day. And again, there is a facet of midwifery that is that way. You know, the midwife is the care provider. There is a hierarchy. Um, She's there to make sure the baby gets out safe and everybody lives. And I actually don't feel that way. I don't think I have that power. I don't think that is (laughs) at all why I'm there. Um, But what you're speaking to, which is I have a lot of experience birthing myself, Um, I have a lot of experience holding space with other women and not just at the birth. The birth is like great and awesome and the pinnacle maybe of this woman's experience, but it's the whole process. You know, it's even before conception. It's the whole process of her becoming, becoming her new self. And I mean, that's my passion, really. That's like what keeps me getting up every day doing this is that never gets old because every woman is different her life is different. Her history is different. And so how can I like hold her safely in this space for her to learn more about herself? And where can I at times reflect that back to her? You know, where can I stay neutral and just let her do her thing, knowing that like, she's going to come back. Right. Um, So again, you know, it's not, it's not about me personally, but I think there's so much value in that role. And I know it's something I wish I had had my first couple of pregnancies and, you know, even in my last pregnancies, like I think women always can benefit from other knowledgeable women who don't have an agenda (laughs) in their space. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh, I love everything you shared. And I do think you hit the nail on the head with the trust and like that that's a piece that, I mean, this is kind of going in a slight different direction, but I feel like it is totally in the same realm, which is that, which is <laughs> that we need to be, yeah. <laughs> um, that as women, we're meant to be in connection with each other and like hold this amazing space for each other. Do And that has been broken a lot. And that trust has been lost like in our culture. And we're just not used to it either. Um, whereas in other cultures where you bled, you know, together every month and you relied on each other and all the different things, then that would be very different. And so now in a realm where it is very natural and intuitive to have 
uh, other women, you know, and people supporting, we don't know how to receive that or don't know how to do that because um, that isn't woven in. So, yeah, I think that's interesting to note. Definitely. And that's kind of the crux of our <laughs> issue uh, slash mission at Indie Birth is to have more women understand that there is this like beautiful way of serving in this role that feels like an in-between. Um, people love dichotomy, like they love the black and white. And mm -hmm. so that's kind of like our, our struggle, to be honest, is like, we're not we're not in this medicalized system of mid midwifery where again, the midwife is so important and blah, blah, blah. And then we're not like all the way on the other side saying like, you never need anyone. Like we've tried to create this school and our own roles around something that hasn't existed for a long time. I think, um, I don't think we're completely making it up. We're definitely channeling ancient practices in a sense, but yet uh, people sometimes say, oh, you're a traditional midwife. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, no, because I'm not like I live in 2023. And if the woman I'm working with um, feels like she needs medical tests or ultrasound, that's her choice. Like, yeah. and I want to support that. So yeah, we're constantly like, how can we talk about this more clearly? Because it's so complex. And I think it's the role that like, most women that we come into contact with at least um, really want, like, even if they've had babies, like once we get into like, oh, this is our kind of midwifery, most women are like, oh yeah, like that's totally what I would want. Like yeah. a knowledgeable sister, um, you know, somebody that can handle something should it come up, but someone that isn't like going to tell me how it needs to be done for X, Y, or Z reasons. So yeah, yeah, it's both a new and new and old Thing. Well, it makes sense that you're holding the liminal space. Like you're kind of in the liminal because it is the liminal, you know, between right. the black and white of birth and death. So it's like, <laughs> yeah, I love it. You... That you're writing that. <laughs> but I, um, people out there, right, that this is all new to, I mean, it's a lot to cram in today. So yeah. I know we're not going to hit all the points, but yeah. like, that's actually not a lot of the like, womanly birth world like it is a very patriarchal system yes. still yeah and that on a daily basis boggles me so it's great inspiration really it's great when I when I realize that because it's like okay like who am I what what am I here for and I know what that is so it's yeah. like I just have to keep I just have to keep doing it and and speaking of it and offering it and it, things will shift right absolutely you know I'm still hearing like it, it recent times you know oh the doctor has a golf trip you know like on someone else's time you know all those pieces which is a whole other rabbit hole i don't want to go down um <laughs> but staying on this i want to get into the macro in just a minute but i do want to speak to the role of hormones um i guess throughout the birth process like through pregnancy but also like in that birth process because that was mind-blowing to me how big of a difference um it makes and i feel like uh even just outside of birth hormones are playing such a role like when we're scrolling social media and being like dopamine addicted versus like moving into oxytocin states can you speak to the role of hormones uh in birth just so that people can realize like how big of an impact that has and just paying attention to the intelligence of our 
biological movement? Definitely. Like you said, though, the hormones of labor and birth really stem from an entire pregnancy of, you know, either being connected in our nervous systems and to other people or, right, like kind of being in a a dysregulated fight and flight state. So it's not that the labor can't still be awesome if somebody's had a stressful pregnancy, but of course, right, like we sort of weave in our own experiences right into that birth. Like the birth doesn't stand separate than the rest of that woman's life, (laughs) uh, as Mm -hmm. you probably would guess. So the best way to explain it again, is that we're mammals and that we need to feel safe. We need to feel loved and we need to feel unobserved. That might look a little different for every woman, of course. But again, think of like a cat, right? Has anybody seen a cat be born? If not, go watch some animal births on YouTube. (laughs) Uh, You know, seriously, Um, right? Like they like darkness. They're not going to have their kittens like usually out in the middle of a living room with children running around. Their bodies know what to seek. And so our bodies are the same. And really we need to pay more attention to the things that disrupt that process because the process is there. It's our physiology. It's instinctual to a certain extent, but there's so many interruptions. So when we teach this workshop, it's more about pregnant women looking at their situation. So whether they're planning a hospital birth, whether they're planning a home birth, whatever, and having their partner on board too, to be able to keep the environment mostly and her inner environment um, in a way that is going to allow the hormones to flow. That's all. We need to allow the process and the hormonal cocktail, so to speak, is already rigged up in our, in our brain, right? In our, in our physiology. Uh, So a great example would be induction and the way a lot of babies are forced out with pharmaceuticals. Um, Sometimes they're even forced out at home with, you know, natural methods. And this is one of the most common ways that our physiology is interrupted and the entire birth process can like get offline. And induction is like one of the, you know, highest, um, we have one of the highest induction rates of any country. So go, go talk to any of your friends out there, um, even if they're planning home births and, you know, there's all these false beliefs around that. If women get to a certain date of their pregnancy or blah, 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 or this or that, the baby's too big, the baby's too small. Um, that's the solution again, even in the midwifery model sometimes is like, well, let's just get the baby out on our own time frame. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as well as I do that, there's not just even the physiology there, right? We have like the divine timing of this baby and we are totally ignoring that we are totally like manhandling that, which is a whole other piece. Yeah. Uh, but again, the physiology is there. So we want to keep the environment. We don't want the woman to feel scared. Um, so that comes back to a lot of things in her pregnancy as well, working on her own trauma, because a lot of that can come up during the birth process. So that's kind of like a self-induced, um, way of interrupting your own hormones. I mean, that certainly happens as well, but again, more typically it's the environment, um, not keeping lights on, not coming in to interrupt her, not talking to her in a way where you're engaging her really analytical brain 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even asking a woman in labor, are you hungry? Do you want a drink? These are very simple things that even partners can learn because of the way the brain and the physiology works that we, we try to refrain from doing that. Um, we just allow the process. We try to be observant as to what the woman might need without a whole lot of engaging her in that way. We want her to stay in her primitive brain because that's where her body can access this. And that's, you know, again, where the hormones are going to flow the best. So ideally that's how it works. And, you know, ideally, and I've seen this even as a midwife, this is why most women, most babies don't need a lot from the person that's there because we're a safe, you know, we're setting the safe container with her. Um, We are hopefully a safe person. Her nervous system is regulated and we just witness it's the most amazing thing to just witness someone's body do it as if they've done it 10 times before. Right. Um, so that's the gift of our physiology. And within that, there are like little subsections that people can learn about even pain relief. Right. So people are, Oh my God, it's going to be so much pain. How do you do that at home without drugs? The answer is actually in your body. Your brain knows how to step up your own natural pain relief in response to the uterus contracting. That is what we're made to do. Again, when we're taken out of that artificially, then it can be more painful because the blood is redirected to our heart, to our brain to protect us. Our bodies suddenly are like, oh shit, like we're not safe enough to give birth. Um, and we'll, and a woman's body will literally close up. Yeah. So for women out there that are like, oh, you know, I had a C-section or whatever the complication that ensued was, I will often say to them, your body did exactly what it was supposed to do. You mm-hmm. did nothing wrong. Your body responded to a threat, a perceived threat. And like any mammal, you closed up shop because it wouldn't have been safe for your baby to come out. So I think there's just such healing as well in learning about our physiology. It's not boring science. I mean, even though some of it can get really complicated, I try to keep it simple and, you know, learn the names of the couple of hormones. If you'd like to oxytocin being a huge one and just use that to trust that that's how it works. (laughs) That's actually how it works. It's not, you know, it's a mystery but it's also just part of being human. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Oh, I've, I feel the space that you've been in so many times in this like liminal threshold portal. Um, what other, if you want to speak to any other experiences or like what that space is like, um, and I love that you're including all of pregnancy and afterbirth cause it is all of that. Um, it but is. specifically at that moment, like, of birth? Like, what is that gate? What does it feel like to you? What is the, what is the experience of, of that moment? Yeah. It's like, makes me feel emotional even thinking about it, honestly, um, individually and honestly, collectively, because I think there's, there's so much to like, even witness a woman in the rawest, part of herself. And again, that's part of the hormones as well. Um, And that's even as a midwife, like kind of how you're gauging how this is going in a sense, like, is this woman fully primal? Is this, is this a woman you've not even seen before in a sense, because the mask has been taken off. I mean, that's the ideal place. And I've heard it 
be said, I, I did not come up with this idea, but I really resonate with it that at that moment, like where the body is open and, and the baby is doing all the spiritual and magical and physical things that he needs to do to get out that we are like leaving this reality. Like we are, we are going into the stars to get the baby and like to bring the baby in. Like, is that not like so beautiful? Um, and I think that's what it feels like. Like that is what it has felt like for me when I had had enough babies in a way to like, really, it's like an opposite because you're not present, but you know what I mean? To be, to be present to that, um, that crazy, I don't even know what to, to call be it. Like, it's not just it. a feeling. Yeah. To be conscious of it, to be conscious of like that happening and to feel kind of like the, like the skies open up and, you know, physically, to be honest, it can feel like your body's going to break open. Um, because you are sort of dying to all the old ideas of yourself, this baby, again, whether it's your first or your 20th, this baby brings forth a new version of yourself and is the one like that you are the mother, this baby needs, and this is the baby you need. So it is, it's like so fantastic and witnessing other women, women in that space is like so humbling because again, in the best of circumstances, there's no saving from that. And I think that's a temptation initially, if you're attending births, just like, oh my gosh, like, how can I help her? And I see that in a lot of partners, of course, oh my God, she's in so much pain. What can we do? And it's like, no, like, no, like, you know, not that we're not acknowledging it's hard, but actually no words need to be spoken is something I've learned over time is when she's at that breaking point. Um, and, and having been there myself, it's kind of like the worst thing to engage that. Right. Cause sometimes women will say, oh my God, I'm dying. Or I've said to my said out loud, I can't, I can't do this or something like that. And I've learned over time that it's best to just let that be like, let that be in the energy of the room and not validate it and not need to negate it. It's just like, hold that because what that woman is really saying, I think, or what I have meant when I've said it is like, please see me in this, like, please witness me in this. Um, but again, I think cultural stuff and conditioning, sometimes the words are such that it's like, oh, save me. And you do not want to be saved from that woman. Like that is your power. That is absolutely why we came here. A lot of us. Right. So, um, it is so glorious. And that's again, where the medicalized model and, and a lot of midwifery models have it all wrong. There's nothing that woman needs generally, but that's also when a sense of panic can ensue. Oh my God, let's check the baby's heart rate. Oh, let's get you over here. Oh wait, don't push yet. No, just like, let her be, let this mm -hmm. baby, let them figure it out because there's rarely anything wrong at that moment, but it's a high, it's a high intensity. Um, you can feel it palpably in the room, of course. And I think just mentioning as you did before, there is life, there is death. You can feel them both in the room during birth. And as that baby gets closer to coming Earthside, truly the veil is so thin. The veil is so thin and you can't overthink it. You know, um, you can't. And I, and I try to prepare partners that way too. I'm like, you were going to feel 
you're going to feel death in the room. Um, you know, but that's not, (laughs) that's not what we're holding. I mean, for this baby, of course, but that's the intensity of it. So, you know, if that's really too much for you, for a partner, um, like it's fine to leave. It's fine to do what you need to do then. Like just go do what you need to do. Yeah. But it is that big and let's not make it anything less because I think the woman and the baby deserve that, right? They deserve the the sky opening for them, even though birth is normal. Birth is happening every second for that woman and that baby. It is absolutely an initiation for both of them. Yeah. And in some sense that like dying this might it kind of feels like cliche coming out but is it a dying to the maiden and like becoming like the creator mother or like a dying to that old perceived self and like stepping into yeah the unmasked primal of an aspect like they've never seen of themselves like it's all of it that initiation it's all of it it's all of it and like i said it's also stepping into the version that this baby has called in for you both. And I don't know how to say it any better, but having done it 10 times, each time I've said to myself, like, I wonder who I'll be after this, like down to choices made in life. Like after my last birth, it was like, I wonder where we'll go. I wonder what we'll see because like this birth did that. This baby is that powerful that like, our whole family, you know, made a shift and and now has made it again. And I think that's still some of that energy um, of our last baby rippling out because that's what they do. And I think the ones coming in lately are so powerful. Like they have it, they have it down and yeah, they're just yeah. directing us. Whoa. Thanks yeah. For sh- thanks for sharing all this for me. Um, <laughs> it's so good. I love so being much. in this little space. It's so nice. <laughs> ah, um, what would you say to the, I mean, you, you spoke to the heavens opening up, which I actually witnessed. I don't think, I don't even know that you knew this, but when you were giving birth one of the times, I think it was like eight or nine, not sure which mm. kid. Yeah. But it hadn't rained in Sedona all summer and you were like in, you were not giving birth, but you were in the process and I was like hiking around right around chimney, like right where you lived. And I was hiking with a friend and like the skies opened and like the thunder and lightning was just going crazy. And it was like the first time in the whole season. And I was like, this is Marion and her baby. Like this is, this is what, this is what this is. Like, I know this Aww. nature. I know this land. This is that happening. Um, uh, oh, wow. so it, it was so cool. Um, but you spoke to the heavens opening. I'm curious what you experience on the baby side, like of the incarnating soul side of like what you, yeah, hear and perceive experience of, of that process of like soul to body or not, or. Hmm. It's been different in all of my children, as far as when it feels like the soul has entered the body and obviously I'm not going to tell you all of their stories, but you know, some were really early in the pregnancy and they were very physically in this reality in a way, like very grounded. Others I can remember maybe like mid pregnancy, like I can remember with my um, fifth baby, 
I was at a birth when I felt her come into her body. It was so weird. And I was probably like halfway through that pregnancy. And then a couple of them didn't really feel like they were residing in the body that they had in my womb, that they were somewhere else. One very concretely, um, he's my 14 year old and he, he had a, a complicated birth story in a sense, like everything was fine in the end, but when he was born, his soul was not in his body. And, you know, that was a medical emergency in a sense, but from a spiritual perspective, it makes sense now. That's kind of how he does it, uh, especially during big transitions. So it wasn't the most fun to experience really, um, but he did come into his body. It just took him, it took him a little bit. And I'd say the last baby I had, Rumi was similar. He spent a lot of time in the stars. There's just no other way to say it. Like I could go outside pregnant and be like, oh my gosh, you're out there. And I would have to, like, if I wanted to, I could be like, come on, like come back for a while. Like I want to feel you in here and I want to like check in with you. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, they have other missions they're doing. I think they have other realities they're working in and on and, and codes that they're trying to receive and things they're giving when they come in. So it's really not a one size fits all, even though I know there are cultures in which like there are certain beliefs about when the soul comes in on this day. That's great. People can, can work with that, but that's not been my experience. And so I feel like that's been helpful though, like in working with other women, um, you know, because there's a lot of conversation around that. Sometimes women are like, you know, I just don't feel that connected. Like, I don't know what is going on here. And I can relate. I've been there. It doesn't mean anything is bad or wrong, but uh, it's such a, such a complete or, or more complete way of, of viewing maybe like what's going on here. And actually I wouldn't even pretend to know at all what's going on here yeah. but it's definitely not just like oh I have a baby in my body and like that's where they are not for me anyway it hasn't been that way interesting yeah that's yeah. that's I think that's really helpful for everyone because all those pieces of like this is very unknown and then it's not going the way that it's said to be going like that the soul's right there or not um so I think being flexible and really listening um I think that's really helpful I think it's also a good reminder that even though we've talked about hormones and this body we're in and the way to make it kind of work perfectly, that it really would be arrogant to assume that we have even that much control in a sense and reminding us that if we view birth as this spiritual process, if this isn't a baby, right, this is a soul, this is a soul choosing to incarnate that also has, uh, you know, karmic duty and all of these things, that this soul also plays a huge role, obviously, in how it's born and when it's born and all of that. So again, for women that are like, oh, like I, you know, I'm eating all the right foods and I'm doing all the right stuff and I'm going to have this perfect birth, red flag, because usually... They're the ones that are not listening, maybe, perhaps, right? Yeah. I don't know for everybody. Um, but yeah, like, let's not be arrogant about it either. And natural birth and spiritual birth is 
is beautiful. And again, I think the conscious, the new consciousness is leading us to it anyway, but I'm bringing it up because sometimes birth is hard and can be not what we expect. And rarely babies don't live. Like there are things that happen that again, people in this space sometimes don't want to talk about. Um, but my last birth was really hard and I wouldn't have changed it for the world. And I don't even completely understand uh, all of the reasons and maybe I never will, but there are also reasons that my baby had and things he needed and choices he was making. So again, it just adds to the mystery of it all um, and, and comes back to the trust that it will be what it needs to be. Yeah, I love that. And I can definitely personally attest to that because, I mean, I was like induced, induced uh, in early, you know, because of toxemia of my mom, the whole thing. And that my birth experience and birth trauma, I mean, led me to the path I'm taking right now. Like I probably wouldn't exactly. be having this conversation sitting here with you right now, wanting to create containers of safety and like inform and bring awareness. Like if I hadn't had that disrupted in my birth, like it's why yes. I do what I do. And so, um, I think trusting in that is important and not letting that be a bypass, you know, of like, well, then I can just take the easy way out or whatever, but like go ride the threshold as much as you can and whatever it is meant to be will be. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. And I feel the same about my birth. I wouldn't be here either if it wasn't for that. And I think it allows us to just look at how human we are in a way too, um, as mysterious and magical as it all is, we are in human bodies and we have lineages and we have things that happen before us. And, you know, our brains don't really need to know how that all weaves together necessarily. Um, but it's there, you know, it's definitely there. And if we're talking about birth as this complex process, then that just has to be included because otherwise, I guess, what's the point, you know, like sometimes people are wanting a recipe for, for a perfect birth from someone that has seen a lot, you know, and it's like, oh, definitely I have thoughts and I've seen certain patterns play out, right. And certain belief systems sometimes right. end up looking a certain way, but at the end of it, I would say, even after hundreds of births, I would say, I actually have no idea that there'll be a situation where, you know, you could predict X, Y, and Z. Oh my gosh, this, you know, this woman, I, I blah, blah, blah. You have a whole story written around it and it'll completely surprise you. So, yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, are there any other kind of like miraculous moments that you want to share or yeah. Are there any miraculous birth moments with yourself or other people that you want to share that are even maybe unexpected? My daughter Cove's birth was really fantastic. And there is a, I mean, there is a birth video of a couple of my births, but Cove's birth, if anybody feels like searching it out, um, the indie birth of Cove River, there's probably the video out there on our site or YouTube or something like that. And it was a really blissful birth. So everything we just talked about, you know, it being hard and there being all of this stuff, like it was the complete opposite with her. And funny enough, it was to be followed by a very difficult birth. So 
um, lest I assume that I <laughs> had so much influence on the way she wanted to come in. Right. She, yeah, I mean, it, it was humbling. But anyways, uh, yeah, her birth was just pretty much the most like beautiful, easy thing. Um, I obviously knew I was in labor. I had done it many times before, but I set out to rewire my brain. That's the best way I can say. And I have a podcast called Taking Back Birth. So if anybody wants to hear that episode, it's called like how I rewired my brain around birth or something like that. And again, without over giving myself credit, I think I did succeed in changing the pattern that my births had been. So I had had eight babies before. And it's easy to get into a rut, so to speak, to be like, oh, this is the way I give birth. And I really wanted to challenge that with her birth because like, why would that be other than like my own conditioning around that? Um, So that was kind of my project during her pregnancy and in talking with her that this was going to be different, that it didn't need to look any way that it had looked before. It didn't even need to feel any way that it had felt before. And it was truly successful in that way. Her labor was just a couple of hours. Um, I remember just like listening to Trevor Hall and I, you know, I felt what was happening, but I also wasn't bothered by it. I was just like, this is fine. You know, like this feels good. I can do this. And I'll never forget kind of getting off my bed and feeling her like literally drop into my body. And I was in front of the mirror in the bathroom and I saw her just like, rotate into into coming out and I was like texting my sister because my sister had said like oh you know let me know when the baby's here kind of thing and I remember texting she's coming out right now <laughs> like what why was I even texting that except like it's a cool memory to have because yeah. in other labors you know you do usually get to the point where like that is not a reality because you're not in that space But somehow I was in both spaces. I was like completely present and just like, oh, like the baby's going to come out now. Okay, type it out, put the phone down. And I just got on the floor and nobody was even in the room. Uh, All the kids, Jason, were out. And it still was the skies opened and, you know, it still had that feeling for like, I don't even know, probably a minute. And I yelled for them guys, baby's coming as her head's out. And so the video starts when her head is out because that's all they were able to catch. And, you know, she just comes out and she has cord around her neck and she has the amniotic sac around her face. And um, I'll never forget just like picking her up and like really being like the most present I have ever in my life. I don't know why. It was just the whole thing together of being like, oh, And like time just like stood still. And like, I knew she was fine and all of that, but you know, had to unwrap her cord and kind of waited for her to cry. And all the kids are just there. The video is really cute because they're all like, in fact, when she comes out, one of the kids says, it's a girl before they could even see, like they just knew. Um, So it was mind blowing. It taught me so much. And then again, uh, kind of in concert with the next birth, her brother, that was total opposite. It was like a yin and yang kind of experience. And I'm so grateful for both of them because it taught me just more than I could ever have words for really. Um, It's served me really well, like in the, in the birth space, obviously to have had that, but yeah, just to have it be so, so normal, so easy 
I'd do it again a million times. Oh, that's so beautiful and sweet. Um, and I think it's humorous because probably like, I'm like, oh, you're like, this is like such a great birth experience. And then it's like cord wrapped around the neck, umbiotic, like umbiotic sack over the face. And it's like most people's like nightmare, but because of your level of presence and because, you know, of probably all the experience you've had too, and your inner knowing connection with a little babe, it was like, this is fine. But I just think it's kind of humorous, like from an outside perspective, that would probably not be good. Sure. Yeah, I know. I forget about that sometimes. So, right. If people are up for watching birth videos, then you can actually see that. And, you know, you can see how, how healthy she is. And her cord actually was her umbilical cord was one of the most beautiful I've ever seen, like at all. Um, and that's still one of the comments we get whenever we post any of her birth photos, because the umbilical cord connecting, you know, her to the placenta is like purple. It's like bright purple. It is like the coolest looking thing. So, you know, that means she was well oxygenated uh, for one thing, but she's also just a magical little being that came out, um, you know, she was like running by the time she was nine months. So she's just done everything fast. It wasn't just her birth. <laughs> that was just wow. the prelude to life with Cove. Yeah. I love that. And I love the pieces of the each kid and each soul is different. Each birth is different. And it's the dance between the mom and the baby and the souls. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So to, to close, are there any other awarenesses or helpful things or misconceptions you want to speak to around birth? That's kind of like a lot of questions, but like if just anything sparked that you're like, Ooh, this might be a moment for someone to hear, hear something. This is what I want to share. If people are up for watching births, as I said, our YouTube channel is pretty good for that, as is our Instagram. And I encourage it, of course. I have no problem putting my own birth videos out there in all my naked glory because, like, this is birth. It can look like this. It can feel like this. And we have to reacquaint ourselves with that truth. Whether or not that it looks like that for every woman isn't really my goal. It's more just this collective consciousness that birth is not gross. It is not generally scary. Um, it is really beautiful. And if we can get past our own traumas and our own fears and just see that for what it is and see this woman, you know, in all of her power. And again, see this baby, um, you know, I think that's why I do this. Like that will change the world. People killing each other, uh, you know, all the violence that is, it's not a long shot to say that if more babies were born in peace and love, that ultimately wouldn't be happening. The violence that's being played out in the world is a, is the violence of birth on you know, on a different scale. Um, because just average birth right now, like average birth in a hospital, sometimes even at home, it is actually violent. It is not just disrespectful to the mom and the baby, but it short changes like both of them of this amazing, like energetic and spiritual experience. And that affects them for the rest of their lives. So again, not to go into the negative, but 
it affects mothering and mothers that aren't strong and capable. That also affects the world. Why do you think people are out killing each other? Because they had no bonding. They had no maternal connection. They had no solid ground in being birthed and raised. They were, you know, cut, like literally cut from their mother um, with no sense of safety. So it is so important that we pay more attention to the way babies are born. Again, it doesn't mean every baby will choose to be born in this way, but I know it matters. I mean, my kids alone, the 10 of them are testament to that, that they are different. They are different in the world. They are different in how they relate to people. Uh, they have never been exposed to that. They've never been exposed to the normal things that happen to a baby um, other than my first, you know, who, who did experience that. But being taken from your mother, um, you know, not breastfeeding because the hormonal cocktail got so fucked up that the woman couldn't produce breast milk, right? Like we could go four more hours with all the interventions that take away from the connection, but connection is what we need as humans. So it's really common sense that if we wanted more peace and we wanted more connection, we would need to start at the beginning and that beginning is birth. Yes. Right. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. With everything going on in the world, it's like, all right, this returns to to birth and mother bond and all of those pieces. And even the witnessing, the honoring of the birth process, where it's like, if you see and you witness how much a woman goes through, how much a baby goes through and that whole process, it's like to just end that might be just even a little bit harder, which would be good. Yeah, any amount of improvement would be good for real any amount of small improvements and not to go off on another tangent, just really briefly that if people are listening and they're like, yes, yes. Like, especially if you're a woman that hasn't had a baby yet, there's so much there as well, right? Like, you know, like there's so many ways to learn about our bodies and to start making connections that way birth doesn't feel like this weird standalone thing that we're doing with our bodies that we never trusted in the first place. So I don't generally, you know, I'm only one person as you are, like my focus is where it is. But if I had a million more, you know, hours in the day, (laughs) um, I very much care about what girls and, and boys, what, what kids are being taught about their bodies and their power, because it doesn't just arrive. And I think that's a huge challenge for a lot of women. Um, So just start small and start listening. And that's really all you have to do. If you have the intention of changing this for your family, which is a great place to start. You know, most of the women I work with are the ones that came to change things for their family. And they're aware of that. And I think just having that awareness is enough. You don't have to be perfect. You know, like you don't have to understand it all. You can have had all kinds of stuff go on in your past, but it's the simple intention that um, things need to be different for the babies that come your body yes beautiful thank you so much for sharing all that Marin. uh yeah. yeah just so appreciate you and i would love uh for you to share what's going on in your world and where people can find you and watch the births and learn more and get more connected with themselves <laughs> and this process thank you indiebirth.org is our main site 
of course, we're on Instagram. Sometimes that feels unfortunate, but most days it's fortunate. Lots to watch and see there. Uh, we have our own social platform on Mighty Network. So you can find most of those links on our Instagram. So if you'd like to be part of that, it's a free network and just get to know more of what we're doing. All of our courses, courses are housed there as well. So if you're interested in becoming a doula, we do have a doula academy. If you're interested in becoming a midwife, we have a midwifery school and we have a bunch of other courses as well. Um, we have a postpartum doula course that's new called Mothering the Mother. And that's all about caring for women after birth, which is a huge area of interest for, for lots of women because you don't have to have any experience to do that. I think right. there is a lot to know. Um, I am offering a retreat here on Oahu uh, in that vein, the mothering, the mother, we're going to do a hands-on postpartum workshop here in February. So also I'm sure you'll find the link on our Instagram. Indiebirthmidwifreyschool.org is the school site. And other than that, um, my podcast is called taking back birth and there's probably almost 300 episodes by now. So you could go crazy listening to, uh, all of the things about midwifery and pregnancy and birth. But otherwise, I just really am appreciative of you, Bridget, uh, personally for being so beautiful and conscious, but for using your platform and your space to just help, to help <laughs> babies be born, you know, in the way that they're asking, which I think is, you know, why you're part of this as well. Yeah. I mean, it's the number one most significant thing that I've come to, uh, to help humanity. So let's keep on sharing about it. <laughs> let's keep on sharing about it. Yep. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you, Miriam. Thanks everyone for watching and we'll catch you next time.